whew. I, I, seriously, my heart this morning is to not cut off or stop what the Lord is doing. We want to continue to invite him to move in this place today. Um, and I do have just a few things um, to share this morning. As we talk about, I already said it when I was praying, but as we are in our series called Settle It Today, the worship team and the Holy Spirit have already preached my message for me. So really, I don't know why I'm up here, honestly. <laughs> yeah. If I was allowed, I would take this very expensive microphone and say, make a room for him, and I would drop it. That would be the whole thing today, but I won't do that. Um, I'm sure the tech team and the financial department is thankful for that. But we're talking about what it means to be devoted, to live a devoted life for Jesus. Through the first three weeks of our series, Pastor Nathan has walked us through week one talking about overcoming, what it means to make good decisions. And week two, Pastor shared about being ready, how we need to be able to draw a line, how we need to count the cost, how we need to be able to plan our escape. And last week, Pastor shared about being consistent and gave us the example of Daniel's life, how he started with his why, how he planned to fail. And even when he failed, he kept going and how he enjoyed the journey along the way. And today, we're talking about this life of being devoted, of what that really means to make room for Jesus. Because I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where it's felt like I'm just striving and striving, and it just it feels like I'm frustrated. Like, there's, there should be something more, but I'm just not getting there. I'm just not attaining it. No matter what job I have, no matter what... I'm succeeding in, there's just this empty space and my life should be more and better. This is a quote from Benjamin Franklin. It says, money never made a man happy, nor will it. The more a man has, the more he wants. Instead of filling a vacuum, it makes one. Things, stuff, money, it's never going to fill that void. It's never going to help us feel like we've made a room for the one thing that really matters in our life. And so as we think about devotion, I want to take us back to the theme verse for our whole series that we've been hitting every single week, Matthew 6, verse 33. And it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Now, something that's important when we're reading the Bible is that we don't just take a verse and we use it for whatever purpose. It's good to get some context to read around the verse. And in this section, I think it's really interesting. If you read in Matthew chapter 6, the, the title section of these paragraphs is Jesus is teaching about worry. And that's where we find this verse. Seek First, the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. We spend so much time in our lives worrying and, and trying to attain and strive for and do all this stuff. And Jesus is saying, just seek my father's kingdom. Live a life fully devoted for him, completely surrendered. Like Pastor Nate said, give the ultimate yes and he will 
give you everything that you need. What did his early followers, how did the disciples, the apostles, how did they live this out? Acts 2, verse 42. This is from the New International Version. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It was something we say when we talk about our mission statement, loving God, living people, living transformed. We say we're be being transformed. It was this living and active, present tense devotion to Jesus. They were gathering together. They were living in community, but ultimately they were going after Jesus. So if you take that Acts 2.42 verse, I want to give a maybe opposite view of that verse, a cultural paraphrase in comparison to that verse for where we might find ourselves today. So I'll read Acts 2.42 again real quick. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I want to offer this as maybe a paraphrase of where we find ourselves in 2023. They devoted themselves. They were devoted to themselves. They continually and passionately pursued self-centered lives of isolation, comfort, and ease. And I'm not targeting you specifically. I'm just saying in our culture, it feels like that could be an accurate statement to describe the world that we find ourselves living in. It's all about ourselves. What can I do for me? How can I be better? How can I do more? To think about this in a practical way for your life, there are 100, I almost said about, and that's totally wrong. There are 168 hours in a week. And so if you think about how you spend the time in your week, maybe about 56 of those hours are sleeping. If you're a parent of the child under the age of four, that is not true. Amen. Maybe you spend, we're going to make it simple this morning, so these might be a little off for your life. Maybe you spend about 56 hours working or going to school or doing things associated with that. So that leaves 56 hours left to invest how you see fit to invest that time. So thinking about your week, thinking about your life, how are you investing those 56 hours? How are you using that time that you have? How much time do you spend looking at a screen, using social media? How many hours of, a week, of the week do you just spend running all over the place, doing so many things, filling your schedule? Another question I wrote down is, if you had to identify the biggest time sink in your life, what would it be? I found this quote from John Mark Comer. He wrote this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he says this. He's actually quoting a guy named Ronald Rollheiser. This is what it says. We are more busy than bad, more distracted than non-spiritual, and more interested in the movie theater, the sports stadium, and the shopping mall, and the fantasy life that they produce in us than we are in the church pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness 
are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. We can get so busy, and it's not even that everything we're doing is bad, but we just fill our schedules. We're so busy running around, doing so many things, staring at our screens. I can't tell you the amount of people that I see in Worcester, Ohio, driving but staring at a screen. It drives me bonkers. It's crazy. What are we doing? But at the end of all of that, where does God fit in? How much God time are you allocating in your life? If it's only about an hour a week, I want to suggest it's not enough. If Sunday morning is it, then I assure you it is not enough. If you just exercise for one hour a week, that is not going to do a whole lot. If you only spend one hour a week with your spouse, I don't think that relationship is lasting very long. If you only study for an hour, whatever it is, one hour with Jesus is never going to bring us to this place of saying every day, I want to make room for you. Change me, conform me, transform me every day. So, how how do we live this? What does it look like to go to the Bible and read scripture about what we've been singing this morning? What does it mean to make room for him? In John chapter 15, there's a whole section where Jesus is doing a bunch of different teaching. But this is what Jesus says in John chapter 15. He's kind of speaking in parable, verses four and five. It says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, those two verses might sound like they repeat themselves. And when Jesus does that in the Bible, he's like really trying to get our attention. This is a big deal. This, this remain in me, or maybe you've read it in another translation. It says, abide in me, live in me, dwell in me. It means this constant connection with Jesus, this abiding. It made me think of this week I was picking our kids up from um, the sitter on Friday, and I, it was raining, and the coat that Jude had on, our three-and-a-half-year-old, it didn't have a hood, so he's like, I don't want my head to get wet. And so I scooped him up after I put Emery in the car. I scooped him up, and I put his head, like, totally in my jacket, and we ran out to the car like that, and I'm sure it looked ridiculous, but there was nothing more in that moment that Judah wanted than to be in my jacket with his head not getting wet. He was abiding with me in that moment. That's what Jesus is saying here. Abide with him. Remain in him. This constant connection and this image of the vine and the branches is so powerful. I found this from a commentary, from Eliot's commentary, talking about the branches, the connection there. It says, the branch itself 
is a lifeless organ. It only fulfills its functions when it is connected with the vine. So in the spiritual life, men apart from Christ have no original source of life and fruitfulness. Without Jesus, we are just a branch that is withering and dying away. But when we are genuinely connected to the vine, we can produce incredible fruit. And we produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I always got that question right at school because I, I was in caravan and I did Bible quizzing and I know that one. Give me some credit here. But that's what happens when we are really connected, when we are abiding with Jesus, when there's no other place that we want to be than as close as possible to him. We have this life source connection that nobody or no thing can break. And that type of connection is so much more than just a once a week check-in. It's so much more than just one hour of being with Jesus a week. This same passage in the living, in the, sorry, the message translation, translation, which is a paraphrase, reads like this. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine. You are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. What I'm trying to say this morning is that we have to be connected to Jesus on a daily basis, on a consistent basis like Pastor was talking about last week. That is what a life of devotion looks like. So how do we do this? We've seen the biblical context. How do we live this out in our lives? These are three really simple things they can be so powerful if we actually walk this out. This is something we talk about in our Western Nass Basics classes, so a little bit of this might sound familiar if you've been through those classes. But the first thing that we need to do is that we need to be decisive, and we just need to pick a time that we're going to spend with Jesus. I made a joke about being a parent already, but it's real. If you don't schedule a time for me at least, if, if I don't schedule a time, if I don't make a time, then it is not going to happen. There's way too many other things going on. So that's the first thing. Pick a time where you're going to say, okay, I'm going to intentionally be with Jesus. What time is that for you? Is it first thing in the morning? Is it when you're driving to work? Is it late at night? Whatever works best for you, pick a time. The second thing is, find a place. Find the place where you're not going to be distracted, where there's 
There's not a two-year-old that's going to be coming and needing something from you in that moment where your cell phone isn't going off. Find a place where you can feel like focus and peace and the ability to enter into his presence. That might be a certain chair. That might be your front porch. It might be taking a walk. It might be on that drive to work, like I already said. Maybe that's the only space you have right now. Make it there. Find the time. Find the place. And the third thing is, have a plan that you're following. Have something that's keeping you accountable as you go to the Bible. One of the best tools that we have at our expense is the YouVersion Bible app. I know several of you jumped in when we went through 21 Jumpstart. We had the daily devotional videos, but we also had a devotional we were following on the app. It's incredible the options that you have there. I pulled the app up this morning, and the verse of the day was, when two or three are gathered, then he is there in your midst, which we have lived that out this morning, which was awesome. I also scrolled down a little bit, and there was this question that says, when is the last time you truly rested? I was like, okay, targeted here, you version. I've talked about being a parent already. But it's an incredible resource. You have to have a plan, something that you're following. Maybe it's a certain worship music playlist that you're going to listen to. Maybe you're going to plan to start a journal. Maybe it's a podcast, whatever that is. Create a plan and follow it. Find a time, find a place, create a plan, and be decisive and go for it. These are really practical things. I already said it's simple, but living this out can be so powerful and so transformational in your life. Those three things are the reflection of what it looks like to be connected to the vine, to be a branch that is actually producing fruit. There's a story, and thank you, Bryson, for coming back. We appreciate you. Just a story that I found somewhere. Maybe you've lived a similar circumstance like this before. But there is a, a guy, and he got a text from this number that he didn't recognize. It ended up being the sister of a friend from his past that he'd lost connection with. And she was reaching out to him to let him know that her brother, this guy's really close friend from childhood and growing up, was really sick and that it wasn't looking good. So this guy rushed to the hospital to see this friend that he hadn't seen in years and years. Didn't even know he was sick. And he was just taken back by the guy's condition. He used to be so athletic, so active, and he, it just looked like he was withering away. So they talked, they reminisced. And the guy that had come from so far away to reconnect with his friend, he could barely, he couldn't even hardly speak because he was just so taken aback. And the man that was sick at one point said, when your doctor tells you to get your affairs in order, you look back at your life and you think about the things you wish you would have done.
They joined hands shortly after that. They prayed a passionate, faith-filled prayer. They sensed God's incredible comforting presence that only he can bring. The friend that had come from so far away, he left away from that place and he was having this, this crisis of thinking about his own life, asking questions like, what do I really believe in my heart? Am I living in a way that is doing the things that matter most? Am I living a life that is fully devoted to Jesus? As a pastor, I've had the unique honor of being around bedsides with families and individuals in these end-of-life moments, and I can tell you I've seen this. And there's nothing else in those moments that matters but Jesus and the eternity that he offers to us. But we don't have to wait until those moments to live and to abide and to dwell and to be devoted to him every single day. We can start this now. And if you read the word further, I can't, I don't have time this morning, but living this out every single day, he promises, promises blessing upon blessing upon blessing that he wants to pour out on us. So my question for you this morning is, are you living a life where you can honestly sit here this morning and go palms up and say, Jesus, I want to make room for you. I want to be fully and completely devoted to you. Are you living a life where you can do that and mean it every way possible. There's something that Pastor has been saying along the way of this series that I think is so powerful. He's been saying the direction of your life is greatly determined by the quality of your decisions. In these moments now, this morning, we have the opportunity to make the decision to say yes, to go palms up, to give up, to surrender. I want to invite you to stand this morning. We are in just a minute or two here. We will go back and sing a little bit more of Make Room. But maybe you're here this morning and you're like, Pastor Andrew, this, this all sounds good, but you're talking about surrender and the ultimate yes. I haven't even said the first yes. Maybe you need to just give your life to Jesus today. The Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth, you say Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. It's that simple. It's not special words you have to pray. But maybe if you do need to pray about that, that this morning, 
you can come. We would love to pray with you about that. For those of us that are in relationship with Jesus, maybe as we were singing earlier and Pastor Nate opened it up, maybe the Holy Spirit was just thumping on your heart and you didn't come. I would encourage you to come. He loves you so much. All that he wants for you is the best. There's nothing that you have to worry about. When we seek him first, he will give us everything that we need. Just come and be with him. Be obedient, however he's calling you. Maybe you need to come and just ask for strength and wisdom and discernment. Jesus, show me the time. Show me the place. Give me the ability. Give me the discipline to follow a plan. So as I pray and then as we sing again, I would invite you to come, to be obedient, to make room in your heart for Jesus. There's a song we used to sing as kids. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus. I pray that that is our heart this morning and walking forward from this place, that we settle it today, right now, that we will be devoted, surrendered followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for being in our midst. I thank you for the truth of your word, how it challenges us, how it transforms us, how you literally change the way that we're thinking as we read and live your truth that we find in the Bible. So I pray this morning, God, that you would help all of us every day to seek you first, that we wouldn't get so caught up in worrying and schedules and running around and looking at our screens and doing all of these things that want to pull us away from what matters most. I pray, Jesus, that we would seek you first and that as we do that, you would show us, you would teach us what this abiding life looks like. Look, looks like, this remaining life, this connection that is unbroken. Show us how we can live that out today, tomorrow, a year from now. And I pray, Lord, that as we do that, it wouldn't just be for us, but it would be for the world around us that we can reflect you and your love and your goodness to a people that are so lost and isolated and hurting and self-focused. God, I pray that we can live lives of humility and devotion to you in a way that inspires people to life change. Genuine life change. So Lord, continue to move in this place this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. pray this is in the matchless 
holy name of Jesus.